everybody. Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson mini-sode. Uh, first off, I wanted to say thank you to Jeff Newberg for joining me for what seemed like an entire day of podcasting. Uh, we talked about uh, facing the crowd last week and then a whole bunch of politics. So for those that were able to listen all the way to the end, uh, well done. Good for you. Uh, I feel like you deserve some kind of prize, but you know what? The episode itself is a prize. Uh now, before we get into this, I also wanted to say that there is a, uh, a new addition to the More Than One Lesson podcasting. All right, so over Battleship Retention, we have the, the Battleship Retention podcasting fleet. All right, Battleship, fleet, the thing writes itself. I'm having a hard time with More Than One Lesson. Here's what I've come up with. The show is, ch- you know, the website is chalkboard themed and all that. So I'm thinking the M2L podcasting faculty. Uh, I like that. I'll, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, uh, but the latest addition to uh, our big group of podcasts, that's the other alternative, is uh, Thimble Rigs Arc. Now, that may seem like a strange title to you, and indeed it is, but uh, here's what it is. Uh, Nate Fleming, who is a writer, he has written a book called Thimble Rigs Arc. He has a website by the same name. And he has written about uh, Christian media, not merely film, but also music and literature, uh, fairly extensively for the last couple of years. And so uh, Nate and I talked about the idea of him recording his own show for more than one lesson. And so uh, that has finally been posted. Uh, There are two episodes available. There's an intro, and then there is his take on God's Not Dead. Now, I'm sure you're thinking... God's not dead. We've heard a lot about it already. What more do we need to hear? Uh, I will say that Nate's take on this film and future films uh, is uh, refreshing. I actually like a lot of his uh, of his attitudes and just the way that he uh, phrases things. Uh, Thimble Rig's arc is going to be only about Christian film, and so uh, past and present. So, for example. The, the latest episode is about God's Not Dead, but the one after that is going to be about a, a film from the 1970s called A Thief in the Night, which is a film I've only heard about. I uh, have never actually seen, um, but uh, but I'm excited to hear what he has to say about it. So uh, go to morethanonelesson.com and look for Thimble Rig's Ark. Give it a listen. I think you will enjoy it tremendously. I really do. Uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, and leave a comment if you enjoy it. So uh, it's it is also by the way available uh, on iTunes. All right. <clears throat> now, we are going to be talking about the best picture of 2016, uh which was just uh decided I guess what, 2 weeks ago at this point, less than 2 weeks ago. Am I in at this point? Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Josh is here. Josh. Is Hi everyone. Less yeah. than 2 weeks ago, right? Uh yes. The 26th? Yes. Okay. It was a week ago Sunday. Right. Okay. Now, the best picture winner is, in fact, Barry La Jenkins. La La well, hang on now. <laughs> oh, boy. This is awkward. Uh, it is, in fact, uh, Moonlight. So oh, here's oh. the thing. We're already here. Okay. Uh, something that has been said a lot at school uh, and and uh, amongst people that, that I've been talking to is that it is a shame on a number of levels that that crazy snafu happened at the Oscars in which the wrong best picture was, was read mm-hmm. and they said it was La La Land. And in fact it was moonlight and there was all this big mix up. And then finally uh, they figured it out and moonlight was in fact named best picture of 2016. Uh, 
you know, it made for some astonishing television. That is genuine Oscar history that we just witnessed. But it is kind of a bummer because I think for at least the next two or three years, if not forever, Moonlight's win will be associated with that. Moonlight winning Best Picture is in itself astonishing. Yeah. I mean, they could have just said Best Picture Moonlight, all systems go, and... Everyone would have been shocked anyway. Flabbergasted. Yeah. That movie had a $1.5 million budget. That's that's amazing to me. Like, yeah. what... And it, in adjusted dollars, that could be the lowest budget. I feel uh, like it would have to be right. Uh, ever made. Yeah. But lowest budget, best picture winner. This film winning best picture is to me on par. And maybe it's because we've talked about it recently with Marty. I was, I was thinking of Marty. Cause when I try to think of other ones that couldn't have had a very high budget, Marty was one of the first ones that came to mind, but even that like adjusted for inflation, and everything like that, I'll bet it was yeah. more than that. Yeah. I mean, uh, weird to say, but uh, uh, Ernest Borgnine at that point was a bigger star than anyone in this in Moonlight is right now. I'd say tough to say. Uh, Mahershala Ali has been his star has been on the rise in the last Definitely. two or three years. Yeah, uh, and I don't know enough about Ernest Borgnine pre Marty to know if he was that big of a star. I mean, I feel like he had been. He he was a B-list movie star, but he'd been a B-list movie okay. star for for a few years. I mean, he was in From Here to Eternity, which won okay, Best yeah. Picture two years prior. So even being a smaller part in that, the yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's anyone else who's, yeah, who's that big, and which which is great. I don't say that as like a detriment to the movie. Right. I think it's awesome to see a movie that has a that has all these great actors who have, yeah. who are not necessarily movie stars yet. Yeah. They're not, star- um, they've definitely been in other things. I mean, you know, right. Janelle Monet was in hidden figures this right, year. The same year. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Harris was in the James has been in the J- last two James Bond movies. And yeah. She was in, I forgot she was in 28 days later. She was in was she? I never something at this point, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, these are, Actors that people know, mm-hmm. they're undoubtedly taking a pay cut uh, to yeah, be in probably. this film. Uh, yeah, there is a lot to be excited about with Moonlight's win. Yeah. And you know what? If it hadn't win, this would probably be one of the ones for this year that people would be like, th- th- that's your general Joe on the street would forget about eventually. But now that it got the win, people are going, I walked through Target today or a few days ago, and there were stacks of it in the shelves. Yeah. And if that movie doesn't win, there's no way there are stacks of Moonlight in yeah. the shelves at Target. But there are, which is great. Like I had heard a report. Now it remains, uh, remains to be seen if that were actually true. But uh, uh, I had heard a report that the day after the Oscars, Amazon ran out. Of, really? of Moonlight Blu-rays. That's Because great. they probably weren't expecting to sell that yeah, many. Yeah, they probably didn't suddenly, have enough. Yeah. And that's the thing is, if Moonlight... Okay, so if, if everything had gone well with the announcement of Moonlight as Best Picture, I think it still would have gotten you know a tremendous attention. Yeah. But one good thing about what happened is you had people who don't care about the Oscars now reading about the Oscars right. and reading that this tiny little film, uh, beat out La La Land, uh, which nobody expected. And indeed for, a, for, a, uh, about 45 seconds to a minute, we all thought, okay, La La Land won. Everything yeah. went according to plan. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, 
people are talking about Moonlight more than they would certainly than they would otherwise, but also more than they do most best picture winners after yeah. it wins best picture. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, there are a number of reasons, uh, as to why I am excited for moonlight winning best picture. Uh, but <coughs> excuse me, but first I, I want to mention this, that, uh, there has been a lot of talk, I've said this over Battleship Pretension. I'll just repeat it here that, you know, I list, I know a number of, uh, conservative commentators and, and, or rather, sorry, I know a couple and then I listen to more and invariably they will talk about the larger culture and they will talk about the fact that Moonlight won and that it is about, you know, a poor black kid who is gay Mm -hmm. and whose mom, you know, who, who does not have a father. His mom is a drug addict. Like, you know, there's all these things that, you know, people would say, and I would, I would agree with to a certain extent that it checks all of the Oscar boxes Mm -hmm. or at least some of them, at least for nominations. Mm -hmm. Um, it, if the kid had a, a some kind of mental disability, and then I guess Nazis there's in the picture. Exactly. <laughs> um, so it does do all of that. And, but I think where they, where they fail to, where these commentators and where the, the, the more cynical people talking about this, where they, f- what they fail to recognize is that, yes, I guess it does check those boxes, but unlike other films that I think are actively, made with Oscars in mind, like the Danish, Danish girl Mm -hmm. or the theory of everything Mm -hmm. or the imitation game with the budget that we're looking at and the lack of stars, I think we can safely say not to speak, to speak nothing of the way the film was made, which we'll get to in a moment. You can't accuse Moonlight of being Oscar bait. Oh, no. They couldn't have made, they didn't make that with any expectation. Not Indie at Spirit all. Awards maybe. I'll bet the, the the more the further they got with awards, I'm sure they were saying to themselves like I can't believe this yeah, is happening. Undoubtedly. Which is great. Like again, I'd love to see something like that happening to a small film. And honestly, I have a feeling that if the movie had if the script itself had somehow gotten out to the point where studios thought it could be Oscar bait, I think it would have ruined the movie. Oh, undoubtedly. They would have made a different type of movie. They would have started following a bunch of tropes that studios feel like they have to get in there. Yeah. I feel like it it wouldn't have looked the way it does, which I I love the way it looks. Um, I feel like that just would have hurt the movie so much, and it would have been like a movie that several people saw and were like, oh, it was pretty good, but nothing, nothing to write home about. There is a reason that I compare it to Marty, beyond it being so small in scale. And that is that, you know, as, as you and I mentioned when we talked about Marty, uh, about a month or two ago, um, that is so unlike other best picture winners. Yeah. Now, Moonlight, aside from some of the sociopolitical elements, uh, that is also unlike best picture winners. It is so small. Mm -hmm. The structure is so, unique and every bit every emotional beat is saved for one or two every emotional beat that the film hits it hits in a way that most films don't hit much Mm -hmm. less best picture winners yeah uh you know it is not it's all very subtle it refuses this is going to sound strange it's not a film that welcomes you in it's a Mm -hmm. film that just says this is who these people are 
take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, and that was something, you know, this is, this is a film that's not to, not to talk about race immediately, but that's one of the things people talk about. There are no white people in this film. In the whole film, yeah. In the whole film. I guess not. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And that, and the fact that you didn't think about that, I think speaks to how, how, how wonderfully Barry Jenkins creates this world without you even realize he realizing that for you and me, he's creating a world that we don't live in from that first scene. You're engaged in that world. Like I remember even thinking that watching the film, like I'm already interested in what's happening with these characters. And like, I want to know who this guy is. I want to know what's happening. And Yeah. 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 It really is. Um, a marvelous film in a number of ways. I do think that there's a couple of, uh, a couple of screenplay issues from a structure standpoint, um, uh, especially in the third act. But when it comes to specifically dialogue, I think the dialogue is incredibly naturalistic. Mm-hmm. It's, it is true to these characters. I can't, so people might say that this is a, a bad thing, but I can't think of any major Oscar lines you know, or any, any yeah. big bits of dialogue. It's just a consistently great script and, and every character has their own way of speaking and they have their own voice. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned the way it looks, this film has no business looking this good. Oh, I know. I heard somebody else was saying, it might've been someone over your house when we were watching the Oscars was saying that every, every cent of that budget is on screen. Like yeah. they don't, they <laughs> whoever line produced this film <laughs> not that you'd often go into that but yeah. did a fantastic job because none of it's wasted at all like yeah everything shows up on screen which is awesome it is it, it uses color in a wonderful way you and that again this speaks to this is a film that in many ways going from the script to the characters to just the story being told very naturalistic mm-hmm. and so you would think okay we'll shoot it in a way that just uses normal light and we're not going to stylize it or anything like that you wouldn't think that a film like this would have would incorporate vibrant color yeah. vibrant yellows and blues mm-hmm. uh, and yet when I think of this film that is what I think about yeah. especially the color blue not merely because of the poster mm-hmm. but um, because of the way dusk looks, you know, when characters yeah. are standing by the ocean or whatever it is. Um, but I also think of some fairly harsh yellows. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. And none of it feels stylized either. Like you'd, right. you'd never feel like it's not Dick Tracy. <laughs> well, no. Um, and it, it never feels like, like um, it doesn't feel intentional even really. Right. Which it is, but I think that's good that it doesn't feel that way. And you can see sometimes when you can. Sometimes it's obvious when they're trying trying to make you see certain colors. Like yeah. it's a very clear. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, it's not not that it's forced when they do something like that, but I can't think of the right words for it. Just when you can, when you can maybe seeing the strings a little bit in them saying in, in in a certain color palette being pushed. Yeah, it's it really is, um, and I don't say this lightly. It really is a miracle of a film for it to be this good on so many levels. The music—we didn't even talk about the music. The music That's is fantastic great. too, and it's yeah, the acting, the the writing, the cinematography, the music—it's just this complete package. And it, it's—I can't even think of how to how to phrase it. 
it's this complete package that doesn't need you. Hmm. It doesn't apologize for what it is. It doesn't try to over explain what it is yeah. uh, or who these characters are. It just is. And it doesn't feel like it's, it's, uh, it doesn't feel like it's preaching a political message even either. Not at all. Even though there are seemingly so many political hot button things surrounding it. Um, it, it doesn't ever feel like it's no. trying to make you believe something. Right. This is this guy's story. Yeah. And that is all. Mm-hmm. Yes, undoubtedly, he does feel because he is gay. He un, he 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 hides that, even though everybody else, everybody seems to know what he is before he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hides that because of societal pressure. But that's a decision he's making, and yes, an argument could be made. It's a decision being made for him by the people around him. So you could you could draw something larger from the film, but I don't think the film is leading with that. It's leading with who is this guy right. first and foremost? What are these relationships first and foremost? And um, it really uh, is a film that. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I was going to say I recommend it to almost anybody, but um, but we'll we'll jump around a little bit. Um, uh, performances are all great. Uh, every actor that plays Chiron is marvelous, and they all have different things that they need to accomplish. Uh, personally, I think the middle section, all three sections are great. I think that middle section is to me the most interesting which stands to reason because that is when Chiron is in this state of transition you know mm-hmm. he's not a little kid but he's not a, a full grown man yet he's still figuring out figuring out who he is and yeah. what he's supposed to be and he has this relationship with this other kid and he's trying to figure out what that looks like he's mm-hmm. trying to manage his mother uh, the, the, the lone father figure in his life is not around anymore mm-hmm. um, and so <clears throat> So as he figures that out, uh, I think that is my favorite part. And yet, there's stuff in in Act Three. I don't know if I'd say it's Act Three, but for lack of a better term, yeah, no, that's there's stuff in Act Three that I think is marvelous. The 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 conversations between uh, uh, by this time the character's name is Black uh, between him and Kevin, his old friend. There, those moments are so charged, and they're not charged with sexual frustration. No. They're charged with longing and regret and sadness and loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, and and e- even if their history isn't there, right? Uh, I think we can all relate to some kind of close relationship that has been severed for that long of a time. Absolutely, like it's it's watching that scene, I can really put myself in and think like, what, what if I were to see some of these people that I was best friends with when I was a kid and haven't seen yeah. for 20 years, you know, like you can identify with that and, and it really Absolutely. feels poignant that way. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are people that I've been friends with, uh, in the past, like you said, about 20 years ago that, um, I was friends with, but the friendship was very, you know, was very complicated, not in the same way as in moonlight, but, mm. um, you know, where as tends to happen when you're teenagers, you know, you say you can say hurtful things to one another and you don't know how to deal with that. And then I we have, you know, had lunch many years later and we catch up and it's and it's actually quite nice. But there's still the stuff that has been unsaid and mm-hmm. and it's and it's all and Barry it, Jenkins, the way he writes it 
and the way he directs it and the way the actors play it. And there are professional actors here. There are non-professional actors here. It's just, it all comes together and it is so much more than the sum of its parts. Each part being particularly good, but it adds up to this much larger thing that is also small and intimate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really is astonishing. But um, mm. so we will look at the other. So, okay, Moonlight won Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay. It was nominated for Best Director, Supporting Actress, Cinematography, Editing, and Score. Um, now, the other Best Picture nominees were Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, and Manchester by the Sea. Now, of those, uh, I've seen all except Lion. Uh, you've seen a I, few. I did badly this year. Uh, so out of the nine, it's nine total nominees, right? Yeah. I saw four. Okay. You saw Moonlight. You saw Arrival. Mm-hmm. You saw Fences. Mm-hmm. And La La Land. And La La Land. Okay. That's it. <coughs> and I, I think I genuinely wanted to see all the rest and just didn't it's funny hidden figures to i can me, lend you hell or high water it's right over there yeah maybe i'll borrow that from me um from the promotional materials hidden figures did not look at all interesting to me but the uh response that it's gotten from people makes me think it is more than what it seems like from what i've heard about it so far so it is exactly what it seems like <laughs> all right good performances okay. that's what that's what it has yeah um Especially for, uh, yeah, all the performances, including Kevin Costner. Um, but yeah, it's a film that is exactly what you think it is and what I think it is. That's that, it, that doesn't seem that interesting to me. I, I'm, I'm sure the story itself is interesting. That is true. Yes. It's a story. It's, it's interesting simply by virtue of, I had no idea. Right. And I, I feel like that that's great, but uh, what does the movie bring to that story other than maybe just getting more people to know about that story? And maybe if that's, yeah. maybe that's a good service that the movie does, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good movie. Although I shouldn't go on saying any more about it because again, I haven't seen it. So I did. <laughs> well, then you can say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm glad I saw it simply because it's, it's interesting that the film, the film made a lot of money and this is a film for grownups. It is, mm-hmm. It is, in many ways, a very populist film with very populist tendencies. Not unlike The Blind Side, but it is much better than The Blind Side. Mm-hmm. Um, How does it stack so, up to like The Help? Which I never saw. Okay. Um, but Because uh, I, th- I, I feel like I'm putting it in that same category, and I don't know if that's fair. That's probably about right. Mm-hmm. Blind Side is the first thing that I thought. It is really? something that is not necessarily... It's it's not you know a comic book movie. It's based on a true story. This one seems to hew a lot closer to the actual true story, hmm. um, and it's interesting. But in the end, I would have loved to see this story either in a documentary or just done in a different way. Hmm. Um, you know, you have that's nothing against the actors. It's just. Uh, it's just so d- easily digestible, hmm. which, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it yeah. just, it's a, it's a B minus movie at best, at best. It's just funny. Cause I feel like that kind of easily, easily digestible period piece with a, uh, social or political message is like in your early to mid nineties, that's a slam dunk. Sure. <laughs> and Absolutely. I feel like, nowadays are all kind of like oh that's you know that's nice yeah but it's but i feel like it's having an overwhelmingly 
overwhelmingly positive response. Like I've heard more of a positive response than I expected to. I think, and I have my own very cynical theories about that, which Mm. is after last year, which was the Oscars. So white campaign, you know, we've got fences, hidden figures and moonlight. Um, and so people are looking at these films in that regard. And so I think people are very excited that not only is this a film that features black characters, but they are in fact black women. And it's, and it's a true story of all about them doing wonderful, you know, remarkable things in a field that we don't associate with them. And this mm-hmm. is a film that teaches us about that. And so I think people get very excited at, at what the film is mm-hmm. more than, how it is told, uh, how this story is told. And again, the acting is very good. Um, but I think it's, I don't know. I, it's a, it's a perfectly pleasant film, which is all well and good, but I'm not that interested in perfectly pleasant films. And honestly, I think a lot of people that love the film also aren't that interested in perfectly pleasant films. Mm. Um, and that is a, and it is a film that often deals more overtly with race, which, and I don't begrudge it that the, nature of the story kind of lends itself to that. But, but the way it does, it is so ham fisted Hmm. that it's definitely, it's everything that, that you and I applaud moonlight for not being. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, and moonlight has more of an impact. In my opinion, moonlight has more of a sociopolitical impact by trying not to have one than hidden figures does by having one. Hmm. And I, I, I'll definitely say like, I'm glad that, uh, of those three, um, I'm I'm glad that Moonlight is the one oh, that would have won. Like, I f- if I f- I f- mm. I'm trying to decide if I feel like if either of the other ones had won, I would have felt like that was solely politically motivated. And I can't tell. Hidden and, Figures because it had the box office. I don't think I would ever I would ascribe it to that. Mm-hmm. Um, fences maybe that's that's the thing is you know in, in the context of the Oscars so white thing, mm-hmm. you have these three movies, and given what these movies are, it's entirely possible that they would have been nominated nonetheless. Like even if last year oh, had yeah. gotten, even if Creed had been honored last year even if straight out of compton had been honored and nobody was talking about the uh, you know uh, the the lack of color and all that i still think these three films would have been honored in some capacity um so but yeah uh but this is a pretty good slate of best picture nominees i will say uh i don't necessarily think fences belongs in there for a best picture acting categories by all means. Yeah. Uh, but the film I think is, is fine. I, I guess it's not up for director nor should it be, but as a film, I yeah. think it's merely fine. And I mean, there's definitely a precedent for other movies like that. Sure. Even one specifically based on theater doubt is one that comes to mind yeah. immediately. Like that's the directing and that is fine. The performances are great. Was actually nominated for picture. I don't think so. Let's see here. Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> 2008. Okay. You got your Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. You got your Frost Nixon. All right. You got your Milk. Uh-huh. You got your... Dark uh, Knight. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Obviously not Wally is the other one. Uh, okay, hang on. I lost count. Slumdog Millionaire, Milk, Frost Nixon, The Reader, and there's one more. I, I'm pretty sure it's not Doubt. Really? Um, 
and it's going to bother me that I don't know what it is. <laughs> we could look at a, but I mean, in that year, none of us would have been surprised if doubt had been sure. That the, is true. The nominee. Yes, it's not a. It's not unheard of for you know an actor showcase to to be nominated. Yeah. Um, so okay, two thousand eight. This I, is deeply frustrating. I did really enjoy. Uh, Denzel Washington's performance in yeah, and Viola Davis and Mike Kelty Williamson. Yeah. I like the whole cast. Uh, Stephen Henderson, I would say, I really loved. He's Which Denzel Washington's he? buddy. Oh yeah, yeah he, he was, was good. He was good. Um, but yeah, uh, Hacksaw Ridge, I did see, and uh, it really is an achievement in many ways. It's uh, it's a really well done war film. Unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. Mel Gibson's very good at that sort of thing. Um, I didn't necessarily, I don't necessarily love it at a screenplay level. And I think Andrew Garfield was definitely nominated for the wrong film. Mm -hmm. Uh, if he was going to be nominated at all, I'm not sure I would have nominated him for either one. Not that that he's bad in either Hacksaw Ridge or silence. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Best actor is kind of a weak category this year. Um, hell or high water is a really great movie. I like it a lot. We talked about hidden figures. I didn't see law. Uh, I didn't see lion. Manchester by the Sea is a marvelous film, but it doesn't have enough of like the flur the 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 flourish that uh, best pictures tend to have. Like even even Moonlight is visually kind of amazing. Um, yeah, but uh, but ultimately to talk about 2016 is is to talk about Moonlight versus La La Land. Yeah, um, which is I, kind of a David and Goliath thing. It really is, and I will say that. Um, Neither of them made my top 10, but they both were in my top 15. And I think Moonlight was, I think La La Land was number 13 and Moonlight was number 12 or something like that. I mean, there, and I didn't even really mean to do that. It just kind of turned out that way. I think I like Moonlight more than La La Land, but what, uh, what about you? You don't have to worry about any of those other best pictures uh, <laughs> cluttering up your mind. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. I think I didn't really do a list this year, so it's hard for me to say what if it, if they were both two of my favorites of this year. But I, I mean, I think I'd say yes. I, I yeah. really liked both films, and because they're so different in style and tone and theme and scope and everything, it's really like comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, so I like both films, but I like them for totally separate reasons. And I think I almost like to see Moonlight win more because I, I would like to see more of that type of movie right. win. Like I love to see small movies win. I love to see movies that, um, that, that don't follow sort of the Oscar formula. Yeah. That don't, yeah seem to be one of it feels like you can kind of predict what the nominees are going to be every year because there's like right. a certain like this is the indie darling this one's the right. big hollywood epic like and this this one you could maybe call it an indie darling but it doesn't look like what the indie darlings usually look like they look right. like little miss sunshine or they look like juno or something yes. you know yeah and uh, uh and maybe this is a sea change for the oscars i don't know but that, that would be that would be exciting to me yeah uh i will say that so my favorite of these nominees is Manchester by the Sea, but not far behind that is Arrival. Arrival is a really astonishing movie, which we'll be talking more about next week, uh, just to let everybody know. Um, I thought uh, 
it's unfortunate that a movie like Arrival would get all the nominees that it did, although not Best Actress, strangely enough. Um, and yet it was never really in the running. Nobody ever thought... there. It got a lot no. of Oscar support, yeah. including director, including screenplay. Yeah. Um, and yet nobody even considered it as a best as a as a best picture front runner or or even in contention. Yeah, um, and that Which is, is funny because Sicario was kind of hanging around last Oscars in the same way, wasn't it? Like it had a few technical things, yeah, yeah. like sound or yeah. It or, had cinematography and I think yeah, score yeah. and stuff like that. Did Roger Deakins shoot that one? Yeah. I know he's worked with yeah, yeah, he and um, Villeneuve and. Yeah, I mean, science fiction movies don't win very that often either happens, or ever. Like, um, and Arrival seems like the kind of movie that is, I think, in many ways, hard sci-fi with an actual emotional core. It's non-linear storytelling. It is. It, it really is a, a remarkable filmmaking achievement, and it would be awesome if that had won Best Picture yeah, as well. Yeah, no, I would, be, I would be excited in the same way about yeah, that one. Exactly. Um, I think I would feel weird about it because the other ones that seem more like the Oscar winners didn't like, didn't get that recognition. No. I, I, I don't know. I, I would be, I don't know how I would feel about that. So let's uh, quickly look over some of the other uh, notable films from 2016. You've got stuff like the witch, which I was a big fan of uh, Zootopia, 10 Cloverfield lane. Uh, let's see. Sully, uh, the birth of a nation did not do what people thought it was going to do. I really thought that was going to be a big deal and it just, uh, just tanked. But I think it was, I think that was a politics thing, honestly, because that the guy was at Sundance. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. It was at Sundance the same time that this Oscar so white campaign was happening. Mm. And so, and it was a film not merely made by a black director, but it was very much about, uh, what it is to be black. And so I think a lot of people were very enthusiastic about it and it was going to get a lot, a big awards push, but two things happened. One is that Nate Parker's, uh, unfortunate past in which, uh, there were rape allegations. Those came to light. And also almost universally, every critic realized it wasn't very good. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know any, I think the most it ever got was a B, but really, but then a lot of other people said it was genuinely bad. Hmm. Um, and so that's one that I think actually did benefit. Uh, I mean, it didn't get any, any Oscar nominations, but, uh, the fact that it was even in the running, I think that it was a function of of the Oscars to white thing. Whereas Moonlight and I think even hidden figures or fences, I don't think that those were a byproduct of that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, Neon Demon. Neon there. Demon, uh, <laughs> which honestly, if it were up to me, you've got yourself a Best Cinematography yeah. nomination, a Best Score, maybe some acting in there. I'm a big fan of the Neon Demon. I, I enjoyed it a lot, too. <laughs> uh, and then I, I didn't see Loving. Did you? I did, yeah. Um, Loving has two very good performances in it. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, there, there's very little else to it. The the structure of that one is so weird and it's based on a true story. So yeah. I feel like Jeff Nichols feels a, a, he feels a duty to tell the true story, Yeah, but the true story doesn't unfold in a very dramatic fashion or a very movie fashion. It's just kind of like, it just happens, which seems like I would maybe like that sort of thing because it, it challenges a, kind of a convention of how a movie looks and, and, yeah. and flows and stuff. But, 
dramatically it doesn't have a lot of drive to it there's not a whole lot pushing it forwards because there's kind of it feels like the tension kind of lessens as we go through the film yeah instead of the opposite yeah uh this was a good year for that kind of thing because when you think about it jackie seemed like it should have been super straightforward and obvious did you see jackie i didn't boy oh boy I kind of love Jackie. I mm-hmm. think Pablo Lorraine makes such interesting choices. It's a film that seemed so obvious. It's, oh, it's Jackie Kennedy after John mm-hmm. F. Kennedy was assassinated uh, and her dealing with that. Hey, that's got Oscar written all over it. And indeed, it got a lot of, a, a lot of uh, uh, love from the Oscars. But whether it be the odd score by Mika Levy who did the score to For, uh, Under, the, Under skin. the Skin, which I love. And I had yeah. no idea that, uh, is it a he or a she? she. I don't, it's, a, it's a woman. Okay. Um, I had no idea that she did this one too until we were watching the Oscars. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to see that movie now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's the thing is just a choice like that is indicative of just the way Pablo Lorraine approached this whole film. Hmm. Um, and the fact that it just comes at its material from just a completely odd angle is something that I found rather invigorating while I was watching it. Hmm. Um, and that's one that I highly recommend to, to people. And then there's stuff, then there's a movie like silence, which has tons of Oscar pedigree and was nominated for a best cinematography and nothing else. Um, <laughs> which... but it's, it's a film that honestly, I don't think people, including me to a certain extent, I, I don't think people knew how to take it. I, yeah. I think people don't know what to do with it. Cause that's the way I came out of it feeling like I'm yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what I think of this movie and I don't know necessarily what it's trying to say. If anything, I guess everybody came out thinking like, well, it looked really good. So I guess there's your uh, best cinematography nomination. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not a, there's there's good performances in it too, but I, for some reason, Andrew Garfield is one of these, these actors that I don't, I don't think he's a bad actor, but I have trouble like the stuff that I have liked him in. I like, I thought he was a good Spider-Man, even though those, those movies are bad. I like Jared him in, in the social network. I, I like liked, him in the social network. I liked him in 99 homes. Did you see that one? I didn't see that. That's a great one. Uh, is it great? Hang on. The movie's very good. He's great in it. And Michael Shannon is great. Is Michael Shannon's always great. And see, like, I feel like that's a contrast there. Uh, anything Michael Shannon does, I'll watch it and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I liked that. But yeah. Andrew Garfield has a real hard time winning me over for some reason. And then I, then I feel like I am disliking the character for some reason. Maybe it's me personally. I don't know why I have that issue, but for some reason he's an actor that I find having a hard time connecting with. I could see that. And I'd be curious to know what you think of Hacksaw Ridge because the character is somewhat, he's, he's so uh, angelic and that has to do with the film and Mm -hmm. his performance. Yeah. And And so the way he looks, (laughs) well, yeah, but just, I feel like he's, he's at arm's length perpetually because he just seems to be on such a different plane than the rest of us. Um, and I know yeah. that he's based on a real guy and he did a lot of amazing things and that's fine. But at the yeah. same time, I just, I don't know. But I even get that from silence a little bit too. And I wonder if that's something like, yeah, if that's something with him as an actor, I don't know. I can't decide. Maybe I'm curious to see what kind of actor he'll be as he gets older. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I think he's about our age. Um, he's younger, maybe a, little, a bit younger, but, uh, but yeah, I'm curious cause he's, he's never somebody that attracts me to a movie. Yeah. Um, he winds up being in movies that I'm interested in. So I guess that's to his credit, but, uh, but I don't know if he's ever been my favorite part, uh, with, you know what, with the exception of 
the Spider-Man movies. He's mm. a really good Spider-Man, mm. and he's a Spider-Man that that actually does welcome you in. Mm. Uh, and he and Emma Stone, she's the the love interest in those films. Really? Mm. Uh, they have a surprisingly good chemistry. So yeah. you know, so there seek you out go. those Spider-Man movies. Actually, don't. They're not very good. <laughs> but um, anyway, so is there anything? Is there anything here that uh, that you would? that was not nominated for best picture that you feel like should have been, and maybe even should have won. I don't think so. I mean, looking through this list, the, I think of these, the one that I liked the most was midnight special, maybe neon demon, but those are kind of like on the same level for me. Um, for, for totally different reasons. Yeah. Um, again, midnight special with the added bonus of having Michael Shannon. And sure. Well, it's Jeff Nichols again. He had yeah. Two movies this year. Yeah. Uh, both of them with Michael Shannon in them. Yeah. I think that's pretty <laughs> par for the course. I would say he's in all of his movies, isn't he? I think he's been every single one. Cause there's only like four or five. Yeah. And yeah, I think he's been in all, I think I've seen all of them. And I think he's in all, it's, makes sense he shows up in loving for a a small period it feels like they're like how are we gonna get michael shannon in this story like oh there's a guy that's it's like well we can't cast him as the main character we already cast that guy um (laughs) you know who's in that movie nick kroll is in that movie yeah i heard that and i heard he does not do well i don't know that he doesn't do well it's just the character is a little bit odd like i can't tell if i'm supposed to i can't tell if it's a comedic character or not Hmm. there are definitely moments when he's meant to be and there are other moments when I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to approach this character. Hmm, that's interesting. Anyway. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm fine with Moonlight winning of the best picture nominees. It wasn't necessarily my favorite, but of the, of the two that were, it, that were the actual nominees, uh, which is Moonlight and La La Land. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely happier that Moonlight won because, mm-hmm. you know, when they announced La La Land, Everyone thought like, okay, yeah, that's it. I guess we'll get ready to record now. Then, of course, there was the craziness, which made things more interesting. But even if they had just said Moonlight, I would have been excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am excited. Yeah. So, uh, And I do hope that as time goes on that the the weird way in which it was announced that Moonlight was Best Picture, I hope that falls off and people are able to just be excited that this small film, this unlikely film, won Best Picture against films that are that were much more likely to win yeah so um anyway what uh to top it off do you want to again try and go through the uh, best picture nominees for 2008 okay let's see you got your slumdog millionaire curious case of benjamin button that was number five you right? forgot that but one of them i think you said wrong i think you said another one that was not on there but let's keep going frost right? nixon mm-hmm. milk the reader yeah, that is all of them. Bam. I feel like you said something else before that wasn't on this list, which threw me off, but all right. And those are the five uh, nominated for director that year as well. Hmm. Those are real. That's, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Do you think they should go back to five? Um, I'd be fine with it. Honestly, I don't feel like we're gaining a whole lot from the eight. I feel like we always know there are three, or, sorry, eight to 10, I guess. Um, uh, every single year there are, three to four of them that you're like, there's, there's no way that one's going to win. Right. It's a, you know, prestige thing for that movie. And, you know, maybe that helps the filmmaker some way. And if so, great. Yeah. If it does, then maybe, maybe that means more people will go see that particular movie for some reason. That's ultimately where I land is that, you know, maybe more people saw winter's bone than otherwise would have. Cause it was nominated for best picture. Yeah. And I just got to take that. And, and when it all comes down to it, I mean, what, 
it's not as if like what exactly does a film gain by winning or being nominated for an Oscar? Like there's a level of prestige. Yeah. There's, it often gets a small re-release in theaters, which is a bigger deal in some parts of the country than others. Right. But it's not, it's not really a huge deal in the, in the larger scope of things. It's not like those people aren't going to be able to make any movies again if they don't get an Oscar nomination. Right. But you know what though? In some cases, getting the Oscar nomination guarantees that they'll get to make another movie. Yeah, maybe. And so maybe that's, that's the case something. with something like Moonlight. Oh, undoubtedly. Whatever Barry Jenkins wants to do next, he's going to get get to do next. Yeah, and he'll have a undoubtedly have a higher budget, and the studio will take more of an interest, yeah. and he'll never get to make a movie like Moonlight ever again. <laughs> so that's something. All right, uh, so we're going to leave it there. This went longer than I expected. Sorry about that. Um, so next week, we will be talking about one of the Best Picture nominees, which is Denis Villeneuve's Arrival. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, do go check out uh, Thimble Rig's arc at more than one uh, more than one lesson.com or on iTunes and uh, and enjoy and feel free to comment. Uh, in the meantime, thank you all for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. We'll get you next time. Bye.